Hello and welcome to episode 49 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey Jeff, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Excellent. Yeah. Summertime is here or well, yeah, not officially, I really, but... I really like summer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's been a full day already. Uh, went to November Project, ran up 800 and some odd stairs, had my annual... That is a lot of stairs. Had my annual checkup. So it's good. <laughs> Bend over and... Cough. <laughs> well, I've got some news on that front. When it's what did you learn this week? Okay. <laughs> Just hang on to yourself. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> did at least buy a dinner first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. So if you're new to the channel, rate, review, subscribe. Occasionally we drop videos. Uh this week we don't have video, but we did for last week. Yeah, for we our did. Hundredth episode. Yeah. Um uh, you can check out our Facebook page where we post a lot of uh, references to whatever the hell we discuss. Um, and today we got coffee. Yep. As, as usual. usual. Now, today's coffee comes to us from Montreal. Escape Coffee Roasters. Mm. It's oh. called the Diner Blend. Our goal was to make an elevated version of a classic Diner coffee. La Belle Province. I don't like diner coffee. Yeah. Well, this is an elevated version of it. One of them fancy diners. This is okay. So this has a blend of Brazil, Ethiopian, and Kenyan beans. Mm, not bad. taste a roasted hazelnut and chocolate. Yep. Yeah. This is okay. I like this. So, uh, any dad jokes? Yeah, you know why I don't like trees? Why? They seem kind of shady. Uh, if uh, April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. Why don't Why don't eggs tell each other jokes? I don't know. They don't want to crack each other up. <laughs> what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Uh, sophisticated. Sophisticated. There you go. Uh, what do you call someone with no body and no nose? <laughs> no one knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. The trouble I've had. I don't trust terrors. They're always go. They're always up to somebody. Up to something. Ah. <laughs> uh, what does a lemon say when it answers the phone? I don't know. Yellow. <laughs> <sighs> one more. One more. One more. What does the taco say uh, when it says grace? I don't know. Let us pray. Okay. And why did Billy get fired from the banana factory? Why did he get fired? Something he, unusually rude, I imagine. He kept throwing away the bent ones. Ah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, what'd you learn this week? Well, this is going to be a little personal, but, uh, so I, as I, as I mentioned, I had a checkup this morning and so this was some good news. So first of all, my blood pressure is like way under control. Oh, it's, excellent. Yeah. One, it's 111 over, uh, 82. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Really low. So that's good. But, but <laughs> this is the annual checkup. And so of course, being now over 50, uh, I had the uh, the intrusive prostate exam, and I swear to God, my doctor said 
you have a very tight sphincter. <laughs> and I said, uh, thanks. It's a bit of a point of pride in our family. And then better news yet, she said, you'll never have to worry about uh, anal incontinence as you get older. And I figure that's a good day. <laughs> and would this classify you as a tight ass? I guess. I'm like, wow. I actually said, you guys, yeah, to take the blood pressure while you're doing this exam. I bet you get some interesting readings, but no. Anyhow, I'm feeling on top of the world, uh, you know, one less thing to worry about. So there you go. <laughs> it's good news. Learn something interesting about myself. What about you? Well, I, yeah. <laughs> That's hard to follow. I was going to say, hard to beat that, eh? <laughs> well, I learned a couple things. So, uh, do you know that there was a controversy at the Hugo Awards, the ones for science fiction? I do not know there was a controversy. Yeah. So, there is apparently, there was, um, this is like a fan awards for science fiction. Oh, yes. And a few years ago, there was a... Um, they basically ended up not awarding the awards oh. because a group of right-wing uh, <laughs> people course. that were fed up with too much uh, woke science fiction. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. This woke stuff. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, what, we what, like what, that. What does not woke mean? It means you're narrow-minded, you're exactly. exclusive, you're racist. It's like... So, yeah, well, you don't want to... Uh, uh, you're uncomfortable with like, you know, everything challenging ideas to the status quo. Anyway. Right. Or you don't recognize things like uh, structural racism or yeah. Okay. So, and you know, that's science fiction. I, I like that conservative science fiction where <laughs> stories are written and nothing ever changes. And uh, it's just like it was back in the day. That's great sci-fi, my friend. Well, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of so, so. Anyway, it was it was so it was not awarded one year because oh, yeah. because of this. Um, I don't know all the details. So, I'm probably trying to find more yeah, out, but it was what, we cannot have nice things. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is is that there, there's an argument that even when you have these science fictions where they have dystopian fiction. Because uh -huh. uh, there's a lot of dystopian science fiction. Uh, yeah. Where well, even the dystopian sign stuff of the times is utopian because it the idea is that something can happen to cause it to change. Right. Sure. Right? So even the dystopian stuff is often partially utopian because it's got this. Yeah, there's some. Although 1984 ended a little dark. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, but, the, the uh, other thing that was kind of interesting is there is a... Um, so they, they didn't they just didn't hand it out. Yeah, I don't know the details of it, but basically, essentially somebody tried to hijack the awards yeah. or a group of right-wing activists. I think yeah. they're called rabbit puppies. <laughs> <laughs> tried, to, tried to take it over. So that's, yeah, that's no good. You know, there's so much insanity. I watched... Uh, this is slightly on the other side because my wife was like, well, that's kind of a right wingy sort of source thing. Um, so I'm trying to have a broader out outlook. So, you know, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a pretty big thing these days, right? In, in the corporate circles. And, and, but I, I ran into this video and 
the interviewer is a guy named John Stossel. And John Stossel used to be, I, th I think he used to be on 60 Minutes, or it might have been an ABC Dateline, or, but anyway, he was on a, one of the big network news programs. I guess he does more web-based stuff now. Anyhow, he's interviewing a university professor who's African-American who is not a fan of DEI and uh, which on the surface of it seems, you know, kind of controversial. Um, but his point was in the academic world, it might, it might just have gotten, how did he put it? He was like, you know, and there's apparently data to back this up that what's happening is in fear of offending anybody talking about woke right fear in a fear of offending anybody people are, are brought into these training sessions lots of big american companies are spending i think it's a 3.2 billion dollar industry in 2022 the diversity uh, uh equity and inclusion business right and they're presented with all of this sort of material. And some of it is perhaps viewed as being a little extreme. And his point was, so you, then you have folks who are now afraid to interact with minorities or people of, of color in their workspace out of fear because they went to the seminar and they were told, you know, there's all these bad things and you can't do this and you can't do that. And it's, and it's sort of hyped up as we do a lot in our society. And so rather than people be like, oh, okay, I'm going to try and, and um, you know, reach out to people differently, it's just freaking people out and they stop interacting. So it's like, it's having in some cases the reverse, you know, because it's intended to build community and connection, connection and people are yeah. like, I don't know how to, I might say the wrong thing. So I'm just going to ignore those people instead. And so that's his complaint about it. It's like, not the concept of it, but that the application has so many things in our world where it's like, uh, you remember total quality management? Yeah, yeah. And that was a big thing. And when you looked at ISO, you know, one of the big complaints around that was it wasn't so much that it was resulting in quality, but it was resulting in a, a very prescribed process that was all recorded. And, and as long as you were following all of the... Uh, the reporting and all that, then you could stay certified. But it wasn't really, you know, leading necessarily to quality. It was almost like you can make crappy stuff as long as you're making it consistently. You're consistently you know, crappy. Your wow. ISO That's a form of quality. Right? You, got, you got consistently crappy. So I thought that was very interesting. But, um, but this whole concept of sci-fi being too woke. I mean, sci-fi is kind of looking forward and by nature is it not it's true uh well no, well not not exclusively but 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 generally um so uh speaking of sci-fi stuff yes. just to change things a little lighter okay have you seen the uh vision pro uh goggles that are available that apple is uh kind of pre-release i haven't seen the the uh i've seen pictures of them and i saw scott um galloway was what was he wearing ski goggles and, yeah, and exactly. uh earmuffs or something <laughs> yeah. to make the point yeah um well I, I mean it actually does look better than uh than than uh, than what uh, scott was trying to yeah do. i mean well, I, and i think well here's you know i think scott was trying to uh you know i'm not was trying to uh 
put forward this concept that uh, having um, having uh, something on your head is a bad idea. And and I think I think there is something to that. Well, we have a lot of concern about peripheral vision. I yeah. got to say, we have a MetaQuest and we have the VR, uh, the PlayStation uh, Generation 1, which mm-hmm. has already been improved because the hand controllers are not good. And I like it. I mean... It it is mind blowing, especially the MetaQuest. Well, the VR one's pretty cool too. I got a horror game that scared the pants off you, but the MetaQuest, um, one of the apps that we downloaded, is just these different environments, right? Oh, yeah. And so you can be in the forest. Yeah. You can be underwater. But how, but how often right? do you use it? Ah, uh, when we first got it, I used it a lot. You know, no, and, not and so much. Not so much, but I'd like to use it a bit more because, so, like, so, some of the relaxation apps. So the cool are thing about cool. this is that it is it is a lot more than, like the like we have an Oculus um, Quest Two, I think it is, and yeah, um, well, that's Meta is now. It's, the, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It it's pretty cool, but it's a it bit gimmicky, cool. but it's cool. Okay, yeah, it's this early stage stuff, right? Now, now this one from apple is interesting because it's totally different approach so it's basically watch a movie in your own environment control it with hand gestures and stuff. right so the the thing that's missing from that is the haptic feedback yes well so but but i'm sure this is obviously generation generation. one right but the thing i find a little disturbing and I'll show. Uh, I'll, I'm showing yeah, you a picture. I can see that, yeah. So the thing about it is, it looks like ski goggles, and you can see the eyes. Yes. Or can you? Oh. You can't actually see the eyes. So is this? So, a, so is it actually? So there is a screen projecting there's, there's, the eyes. There's two. There's actually three screen. Three main screens. Okay. There's one for each eye, so you can actually see. Mm-hmm. There's a whole computer in between, and then there is a screen on the other side. Okay. okay. Outward facing. So what you do is when you initially set it up, it scans your face, creates a 3D rendition avatar of you. Okay. And then you put it on your eye and it watches where your eyes, it tracks your eyes. There. Sure. And this is a, an image of your avatar's eyes. Ah. Oh, so. That's cool. It's a little freaky. Well, so what? Now the idea like, I'm is I'm not really sure what the point is. The point is that it's if to you're humanize? talking to somebody cuz they can see you but right. but you can't they okay. um you can see them but they can't see you directly right, except right. for this. Sure. And it's the same thing with FaceTime like this is supposed to be uh, you know elevate FaceTime but to do that I mean if you're wearing goggles if you're three people are wearing goggles nobody's going to be interested in talking to each other that's just weird. Yep. So what it does is it creates this 3D avatar of you, right? And when you're talking to somebody, you, you, if they're wearing the goggles too, you see a 3D avatar. So it's got the correct facial expressions. They're saying the right thing. Right, Everything's right, in right. sync. But, uh, but it's not really you. It's an instantly generated avatar of you. This is right. the AI stuff gone crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah. The, so I was, I was going like, how how did they do this? They say that you can see through it, but you can't actually see through it. You're seeing around it, kind of thing, right? Right. Like, right. It, well, even the meta, so the 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 uh, the meta quest, which is an improvement over the uh, PlayStation, right? The the first generation PlayStation, you can't see nothing, right? And they didn't have that external camera, whereas now 
with the meta, it you know, you do your your uh, boundary thing, yeah, yeah. right? And so you can see, I mean, it's terrible. It's gray and all that. But so I guess this would be similar, right? Where you can see out, out well, you can see better. No, you can see everything. Like you can see absolutely everything. So when it projects, like you can watch a movie. Right. It projects a movie screen in yep. your room. Right. Right. So, and it even casts a shadow on things in your room. Cool. Like Apple is really good at these little. Touches. Yeah. Oh yeah. That make it seem. And real, apparently right? you, you have like a dial and you can change it from being your room to being on a mountainside or. Yeah. Like. See, I 3,500 bucks is, you know, like they say, 35 US. Kind of, yeah. It's going to be, gonna a, be like five grand Canadian, a nerd toy. Yeah. But give it another couple of years, couple iterations. Right. And it'll, it'll drop. And I mean, this is where a lot of things are headed, right? Um, so I, I, I have no problem with it. I mean, I'm not going to go buy it, but I think it's, it's kind of, it's like everything else. Um, now, you could argue there's stuff that's sort of like 3D TV didn't take off, right? Uh, you had to wear goggles for that too, but this is sort of a different thing. I could, you know, as long as the helmet's comfortable. Because that's one of the problems. Apparently, it's comfortable but heavy. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why the battery is not connected. And apparently, this 3D recording stuff is a little creepy. 3D recording. So basically, you can so like you know how on your phone you can do panoramic images. Oh yes. Now yeah. you can see them as you turn your head, like it's super panorama. Oh, interesting. Um, which is something that Apple has done for a while, but now right. you can record things with your camera because got these. It's got like many cameras it's right. got downward cameras it's got forward sideways everything right. cameras and um but it will um uh, you can actually record with it something like a birthday party they show you know a dad recording a birthday party which is fine until you turn around and look at the dad with these goggles on recording it. it's kind of a little <laughs> freaky uh, yeah. but uh, although somebody put a meme of you know the 1980s dad with the great big camcorder and uh it's not far off you know we just it's not it's, far off yeah now apparently hey better than having the, remember the google glass where you could record and nobody would know so <laughs> you know at least this you're you're not going to be mistakenly thinking hey what's that guy doing what's that guy doing yeah well and and i guess the other where are his eyes looking the, the so the other part of this <laughs> is that um it, i mean this is like out of um sci-fi like for sure where you have these 3d recordings oh yeah it's totally what that is so I mean I guess in a lot of ways they're they're getting uh they're getting further along but I do think the the thing with the eyes is kind of uh so so it can if you if it doesn't if you're doing interacting with something and you don't want to interact with people around it puts on like a privacy yeah <laughs> privacy well they may um yeah I don't know I think it's pretty cool it's an avatar yes that's a bit freaky yeah well, anyway uh i think it's kind of cool we'll see yeah well that's a lot of stuff uh, we learned this week i'm not gonna be buying any yeah for that kind of money until it comes out several generations but so let's talk about customer service and google mm -hmm. so um i'm a small business owner i um basically what is quite apparent for the kind of service that I do with photography is that um, a lot of people will Google you. They Google and they look for the top 
top in the area or top whatever because google basically will push to you push to the searcher uh, a people that pay them money yep which is really not good and b people don't realize that that's how they get pushed right the other thing is there's this thing like um buyer beware well it's like google reviews so google reviews are super important for businesses it's not something that most people do Mm. i would say i would say most people don't do google reviews there are a few people that will do them you mean like a customer doing the review or yeah. businesses ask, see, cause I've had a lot of businesses, We've including had, some professional firms, you know, ask me, do us, if you like what we did, give us a good, a good review on well, exactly. or so, Yelp or. So, so, uh, well, Yelp not as, is not as useful as Yelp is good for restaurants, but, yeah. uh, but for, but for, um, for businesses, Google reviews are super important. Yeah. Um, at least good yes. Google reviews. A yes. bad review can totally tank you. Yep. Because um, it's hard to get rid of them. Right. And if you have somebody with a vendetta um, or, uh, yeah, an agenda that may not fit with you, even though you have nothing to do with them, right. somehow they, they decide, like, I've heard stories of competitors Sure. Trying to sabotage their competition by doing negative Google reviews, and then you, you as a a person with the Google review, you can't really get rid of it. Hmm. It's um, so it is um, so you're always feeling uh, like for me as a as um, you gotta embrace that shit. It's like, we're so good, our competitors feel the need to. Do fake Google reviews. <laughs> Fair enough, but who knows? If what this ends is up real. happening is is you end up in a circumstance because what happens is if you do something good for somebody, they're happy in the moment, but they're not necessarily going to go and yeah. give you a good Google review. Historically, if, if they're pissed in, off in marketing, I think they say the ratio is like ten to one. Yeah, if they're pissed you know. off, they're highly motivated to try and seek retribution. Exactly, and they will go after you yeah. like mad. Now, there used to be an adage, too, that if, and I think we're going to talk about this, if you legitimately screw up yeah, and somebody has a, a complaint and you resolve it, then usually that's actually a really good opportunity to build brand loyalty and they will actually go and tell people, you know, the story. Oops, sorry. If, on the other hand, they just have an ax to grind or they're looking to get some kind of freebie then I think it's different because you can't really placate that person, right? They, they're not really complaining about an experience. They're just looking to make trouble for, for a reason, for right? For a discount to get something free or whatever. Or like you say, just some kind of, of political or ideological agenda, or they might just be a troublemaking D-bag. <laughs> well, well, that's exactly it. So I think uh, sometimes I, I feel because of the nature of how Google reviews work. Um, so basically, if it's tied to your location, <coughs> it's tied to your business. If somebody searches for a keyword that you have have as your search um, your search term, it will uh, search for that within your geographic location and you can pay for how 
how far that location is and it's not inexpensive it's, no 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 it's uh i mean like a basic thing might be a hundred bucks a month which yeah. is you know that's for a small business for a small business uh yeah. starting out that can be a lot of money and i think the um but the thing is and you feel hostage in case you get a bad review because right you know, if it isn't, um, I mean, it's like the net, uh, what is it called? The net, uh, performer score, net, uh, net promoter score, net promoter score. So yes. the idea is that if you have a scale of one to five, right. Anything less than a five is a fail. Yeah. So the problem is a lot of people won't give, there's a lot of people culturally aren't committed to giving fives. I'm going like, yeah. really it doesn't cost you anything. Well, I think net promoter is a bit more, it's not, I, I think it's, it's like out of a hundred, it's like seventies a cutoff. No, so no, there's no, a little no, bit of, no, uh, it's, it's, so it's, uh, one to 10, nine and 10 are net promoters, seven and eight are neutral. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And six and lower is a net, uh, is nothing is yeah, the opposite. You don't count them. Yeah. They're, they're negative. Right. Right. So you need to, you need to get nines and tens. Right. And, um, and a lot of people don't, don't want to score perfect scores for anything. You know, yeah. It could always be better. It cool. always could be better. Now, again, you know, what's the net promoter score? What should it really be used for? Advertising? Yeah. Maybe some people use that way. I think it's probably more powerful as an internal metric, an aspirational thing to shoot for. And there's always going to be like the 80 20 rule applies, right? Like they used to say, if you get 80% of the people that agree on something, holy, like anything, right? <laughs> like, man, you are doing great. Like, just carry on. Well, so right? my, my anything above that is I, pretty hard to achieve. I have, uh, so my, I have a Google five star rating. Good so for you. For me, but I, I mean, I don't have a ton of reviews, but all of the reviews I got, they're all five star. Right. Uh, which is great, which makes me terrified of the possibility of getting a negative review. Right. All you need um, is a one star. All I need is, yeah, and then I'm I'm hooped. Um, Does it work then on percentages? Like if you have a thousand five stars and then you get one one star, the percentage doesn't really move the needle? If I, you've I only got five good ones and you get one bad one, then it's like, oh Yeah, I think that... 13% uh, of the people I, said he was crap. Yeah, I think you're... Uh, I think that's totally the Oh, map. man. See, that's, that's problematic. Yeah, it is problematic. And... Um, Anyway, so so I, I had a client who was complaining about uh, about stuff that was a little bit beyond my control. Now right. I did have a minor screw up. I did try really hard to make up for it. Sure. Um, but um, uh, and the screw up was entirely my fault. It was a scheduling thing. But um, but uh, I thought the res the results were really good. And yep. uh, but it sounds like there was some unhappiness. Uh, on the day of the event that probably was there before I, I started. Mm. And, um, so you got, you just swept up in the, in the, in the, uh, the wave of unhappiness. Yeah. The, for stuff that's not that's, really that's necessarily hard to related against, right? to me. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so I'm sitting here going, how do I handle this from a, uh, you know, like, do I just roll over and say, eh, you know, like whatever, uh, give right. me whatever. So can you, I, I, you know, it's so interesting because like so many other things in our world, we are we're adjusting to new stuff, right? It's so easy now for someone to, to do that. Whereas before, you know, before social media and, and the internet, you know, I guess you could write a, an irate letter to the paper, right? But it's like, eh, who's going to see that, right? So we have to, we're 
constantly learning to deal with new things. So I don't know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Now, can you comment back on, on somebody's, like on Twitter, you know, somebody says something about what you wrote, you can respond to them directly. Can you do that on Google reviews? I think so. Yeah. Well, and I, but I think yeah. it doesn't necessarily change the score. I think it just changes. Right. But people, response. if people are going to be looking at those comments, yeah, you know, I think I'm thinking you got to be just, um, cause it doesn't say how many reviews there are as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. It usually reviews. tells you how many reviews. Yeah. Uh, cause I'd say maybe just get out in front of it and respond to the person and, and just sort of say, like, tell your own story. Say, yeah, you know, this person, we, we made some mistakes, you know, we've, uh, but the product was still good and we are not giving them a refund. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and as a photographer, the only thing that oh. I have is, uh, is the images that I've taken. Right. Right. And so what a lot of people want to do is they want to take the, take the images that you've got, get as high a resolution as possible and then go somewhere else and get them printed. Of course. So, um, and you're going like, but those are the images that I took. That's part of what, so you paid for a session. And then if you want to buy prints or whatever, like I actually offer digital copies that are, a lot of photographers don't offer any digital copies. Yeah. Um, I offer kind of like social media. Well, there's some that offer everything and then they don't do anything. Right. Right. There is no, like, um, I went to a wedding recently and in that at that wedding they had a photographer who is normally like a photo booth photographer so as soon as you take a photo oh, okay. it is uploaded to uploaded mm-hmm. to a, a website and you can download it straight from there it's like that's it right there's the, so so the images um I mean he caught lots of uh, candid images but they none of them look right because they're they're poorly lit they're really poorly lit and use use almost no flash so there's yeah. there's no almost no light and uh, it's <laughs> every image is is, is not yeah. processed properly yeah. i mean Candid you could run images. it through you could run it through an ai processor it right. would look better just from that right well people get what they pay for right candid pictures at a wedding that always makes me nervous is that the maid of honor's boyfriend banging the bride <laughs> exactly well they had to pay me to not put that one on the web (laughs) yeah so it was uh you know i know what the answer is we well and it was a wedding that i was i don't want to make this a negative thing again but we live in this world of so many things i've i've been degraded in some respect Mm -hmm. including I think people's expectations of quality, you know, so what do you do with that? You know, I guess you could try a different pricing model where you're like, look, but I mean, it gets tough because, you know, you got to pay the bills, right? But yeah. I mean, you could say, look, here's the deal. We, you got two options. It's $5,000 for the session. Maybe that's too high, but I'm just running with a number here, right? $5,000 for a session. You get full access to everything I shoot, right? It's included. All of the stuff, boom, but it's like five grand. Or the other option is a thousand dollar for the sitting session, and then you have to pay for whatever prints you want. And then maybe people price it both ways. And then if you know somebody's like, "Well, that's outrageous," it's like, "Well, okay, well, goodbye." <laughs> you know, go have your precious family photos done at Walmart. At Walmart. Get yeah. Uncle Jim to do them with his Apple camera. I don't get get out right. 
because unfortunately, and uh, this is what I'm learning from what we do, Sunbelt, because, you know, we have a reputation for, and, and the guy that I'm working for has been at this a long time. And he's like, that's his, that's his attitude. You don't go somebody else, you know, you don't like the way we do it, sell it through somebody else or buy or don't buy it. Right. Because the minute you begin to try to compromise, it's a bottomless well, right? Cause you give in to the, well, okay. You know, and then suddenly the next person, then they put it on Google or on their Facebook page. I complain and I got my photos for free. Well, boom, there go the floodgates. Every other idiot's going to come in and be like, ah, you were late or you know, the light was in my eye or you didn't catch grandma's good side. I want the stuff for free. <laughs> and pretty soon you're out of business. Right. So you almost have to say no. Yeah. Um, Right. Well, and what, uh, so I'm working currently, Soup Nazi with, I'm, style. I'm currently working with a business coach, but th this is a business coach and I've, I've been coached before in business, but this is yeah. a very specific photography business. Coach. Sure. Makes so sense. She's a former photographer. Yeah. She's had her own business, but she's focuses on the business side of it. And already she's got some great ideas and her emphasis is no, don't offer discounts. Never offer discounts. Right. Yeah. Discounts are a slippery slope that never end exactly. up. Exactly. Offer perks. Right. Right. That's a hard thing to get your head around. Right. Like, uh, but I totally get it. It yeah. totally makes sense. And it is definitely different from the way I've been uh, approaching it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. So, um, Anyway, so <laughs> so if I mean this is t my mind is sort of twisted, you know. So if it's if it's uh, a Karen that's giving you the hard time, you know, you could offer say, uh, all right, well here uh, I'll give you a perk, and, and you get the husband in, and you say we can either do some boudoir photography of your wife, or we can take extra pictures of your dog and let him pick. <laughs> uh, I think I like the extra pictures of my dog okay <laughs> and then you just step out of it but i totally agree the minute you begin to because hey my policy is already look we've all screwed up at times right sometimes you miss something and um i think if you do that you own it you legitimately give maybe not money back or maybe money back depends on what the nature of it is you try to make it right but you got to be really careful because I think if you if you haven't screwed up, yeah, people, there's all sorts of people that take advantage of, you know, and, and it's funny because when, before I got into business, I didn't think like that. I mean, I still don't think like that in terms of doing it. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought, surely people pay their bills, right? Like it, it was, it blew my mind how many clients that we had, even in engineering. You just don't pay your bills. don't pay or... They come back and there's some sob story or they pick like one little thing. There was one architect that was famous for this. Now, eventually he would pay, but he would delay as long as possible. And he was really good at it. Like their whole firm. I'm not going to name the name, but if there'd be one little error on an invoice, like you might have an itemized invoice for like 150 grand, right? And it'd be like one expense or something that was wrong. And then his watchdog would be like, how can we possibly be expected to pay this invoice when it's riddled with error. It's like, it was just one mistake. I don't know that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So then you have to redo it. And then it would be another sales cycle. So six months, it would take you to get the money. And man, you had to have that invoice like perfect. Right. Um, 
but at least they would pay. But there are other people who, yeah, they'll try every kind of, you know, story in the book or just refuse. And, and I find that unbelievable, right? It blew my mind. So, so not negotiable. No, absolutely. And, um, but getting back to Google reviews, mm. so a couple of things that, so here's a few. Can you sue Google? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But it, it is it kind of, it's kind of like the modern day word of mouth. So they, they provide social proof and influ influence purchase decisions. Uh -huh. So here's the key things. Google reviews improve local search ranking. Right. So one of the benefits of online reviews is that it will boost your local ranking. Okay. Super important. And how you, how you, um, advertise that is dependent on how much sure. you pay to Google. Okay. Same with Google maps. Cause they kind of, they're inter interlinked. Yep. Google reviews increase trust and credibility. Um, but the vast majority of 18 to 30, 34 year olds, 91% to be exact. Yeah. That's a high number. That is a high number. That's trust, a very high number. They trust online reviews as much as recommendations from families and friends. Well, see, this is... That is that is disturbing. Yeah, you can't fix stupid, right? Um, that is, they do as long as they meet certain criteria. One is authenticity. Uh -huh. Two, being in the right industry. And, and three, how, having multiple reviews on the same site. How do you determine authenticity on of an online posted anonymously posted or in some cases well i don't think they're necessarily anonymous but like you can make it anonymous but yeah but i could go today on a website that a business i've never been to and i could post a google review i was at this coffee shop and you know they made fun of my bald head never going back they got no way to prove that 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 didn't happen. Well, I think I think the right. the the business usually has the ability at least to write a reply. Uh, I'm sorry, you know we're all bald here. <laughs> um, We've never seen a bald head shaped that much like an egg. So what do you want from us? Exactly. Um, the other thing is Google reviews influence purchase decisions. So right. online reviews can be just what a customer needs to push them from consideration to purchase. Right. A lot of times when they're reading Google reviews, they're looking for confirmation they're making the right decision. That's right. These are the best anal beads I've ever used. <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to go with this set, Marge. 3.3 <laughs> is generally considered the minimum star rating of, uh, of a business consumers would consider engaging with. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, See... People are stupid. That's like 66%. You get a 2.7, you phone them up, you say, hey, I, get, I see you got a shitty review. Why don't you give me a discount? If I like yeah. what I get, I'll give you a five. I'll give you a five star. All right. Now we're talking, right? You got to be smart. So Google reviews will increase brand trust, mm -hmm. expand your online exposure and local right. SEO. They'll help you gain a successful feedback loop and, and some customer intelligence. Right. Well, I mean, hey. There's, you know, there's probably something to it. It also improves click-through rates because people will search for things. Sure. And then you're more likely to get clicked yeah. through. And they tend to convert more customers. So pretty. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess it depends on, you know, I mean, we come from professional service world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say anybody who picks a lawyer or you know, a dentist just off a Google review, probably not all that smart or financial planner, right? 
Uh, but I could see where it's more of a commodity business, you know, like a donut shop or hair salon or yeah, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense because it's, it's not that complicated, uh, you know, it's more of a transactional relationship. So I don't know. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, I guess. Right. Or even a photographer, I guess it's kind of personal, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, of emotions tied to someone taking pictures of your wedding mm-hmm. or, or a graduation. One of these well, once a, in a lifetime events, especially for get screwed up, especially for weddings. It's quite, so what I've discovered, I mean, there's in general with weddings, there's like uh, three price categories. Okay. There are, um, there's kind of like the journeyman price category for a wedding. Let me just give you a little bit of insight into wedding pricing. So a person that's an everyday photographer, nothing fancy, no high concept, uh, airbrushed everything. And, um, and, um, (laughs) but a a journeyman photographer for a wedding is going to charge between about three and $5,000. Okay. Um, not bad. And not including, uh, that would not include, um, a wedding album. So if you want a wedding album, usually that's uh, on top that's of it. On top of that. Wow. Okay. So that's one. Yep. Number. Uh, so the high end, airbrushed everything, fancy. You know, you're not going to get a lot of pictures, but they're going to be fantastic. Sure. And uh, you probably get some sort of album of some sort, but it'll be bare bones. And then if you want more, you pay more. It's like ten thousand dollars. That is a lot of money for a wedding. But if you uh, I mean, if somebody else is paying the bills and they got the money, whatever. Exactly. Um, I know people that have spent that kind of money on their so phone. If we, get, uh, if we get divorced, do we get some of our money back? Yeah, exactly. No. And then, uh, <laughs> and then there's the Kijiji photographers. Oh, yes. Some guy who probably barely knows how to use their yeah, camera. I'll show up. Uh, I'll show up or maybe not. The wedding's tomorrow. Can you make it? And yeah. they'll charge $500 and give you every single photograph they take. Right. And they are worth every penny or not. And uh, these are terrible. Yeah. Well, you get what you pay for. Did you have an iPhone? Didn't even have a gimbal. Listen, I went. I, <laughs> it's I, all I, shaky. I went, ah. I went to, uh, uh, I've, I've gone to several, several uh, courses yeah. to try and improve my wedding photography. This was a number of years okay. ago. Okay. And. That's I, awesome. I was. Shocked. Did they do a mock wedding and everybody gets they, to do a? Well, they had uh, photos. They had. Well, they didn't do a mock wedding, but they what they did is they had models dressed up in wedding clothes and, and a wedding, you know, wedding dress and a sure. suit. And you're basically practicing different lighting techniques and sort of how to stage yeah. those formal pr- poses. Um, I was shocked at the number of people who I talked to who barely knew how to turn their camera on that were selling their services as a wedding photographer to their friends. Wow. And for money. I'll take you. I'll, I'll do your wedding for you. Yeah. I'm going like, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I leave it on the green square <laughs> mode because I don't actually understand how my camera wow. works. See, this is if, if they destroy this is a bit of a tangent here, but if they destroy public medicine, like they're trying to in the province, you're going to have all sorts of similar things where people are like, I'll do your vasectomy for you. I took a course. <laughs> 500 bucks. 
<laughs> it's a non-invasive technique I use where I just punch you in the bag repeatedly. <laughs> Until you bleed out. Until you pass out and we call it a day. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> Let me ask you this on a serious note. So you're a member of certain photogra- photographic institutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do they have a certification that somebody could go look for and say, I want to get like, we're going to hire somebody who actually knows what they're doing. They got a little, you know, some sort of credential that tells me, yeah, they do know how to turn on their camera. Uh, Yes. So the professional photographers of Canada will give certification in all these different genres and it's quite difficult to achieve. So I have got, I'm accredited as a canine photographer. Okay. A canine portraiture. Nice. And um, I'm going to be applying for wildlife shortly. Nice. Uh, and I started doing the one for feline, but uh, so the, the catch is, is usually you have to submit a portfolio. I'm surprised of those images. are different, cat and dog. Well, they, they, they don't get along that well. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea is what you're trying to do is capture moments and, and they want to see uh, a photographer that can show... Uh, a range of skills so right. not, not always using the same lens not always using it yeah, like, yeah. like a variety right inside outside sure. uh, studio uh non-studio a pro not a schmo uh, yeah you're basically trying so 10 images usually have 10 different um subjects in 10 diff- on 10 different occasions right you're trying to get as much variety as possible and they're really picky Right. Uh, like if you have blown out highlights or if you have shadows that are that are that are just too dark, um, they will basically they they will torch those those images. And you need 10 in total right. in order to get accreditation. So most people who apply rarely get it on the first try. Usually they'll get, you know, a certain number of them out of. 10 and uh and then you have to you have to reapply and you just need to do the balance right but you're really trying to get um all these great photos in place and it's uh it's super uh it's super challenging it's yeah, a bit, a bit I over, over, daunting so yeah so professional, professional photographers of canada does that there's there's other professional associations for each country there's also there's also a thing called mpa which i think is master photographic arts or something okay. like that it's uh yeah there's um there's a bunch of different ones but the idea is that basically they're trying to create a standard for which you so you get one in wedding uh wedding photography and there's ones for wedding groups there's for wedding poses there's a whole bunch of different sub categories right. that you can get specifically so you, good you at. Know, you want to look for someone who knows what they're doing. Well, and weddings are particularly difficult because, I mean, if you think about it, the, the bride is wearing a white dress. Yes. Now, in general, the cameras are trying to... One of the basic things about cameras is when the light meters are tuned to 18% gray. So the, the oh. theory is that if you blend everything out you just blur everything so you're just seeing colors and light okay uh, you're not seeing any detail um that every image is going to be about 18 percent gray okay that's a it's a fairly light colored gray but it's it's interesting gray. okay uh which is great for the majority of average shots right um where it becomes a problem is if you have a lot of black or if you have a lot of white aha uh-huh. 
And a wedding dress is a lot of white. Yes. Because what it does is it makes the wedding dress gray. If, right. if you're shooting something black, like black tuxedos well, and all stuff, it'll lighten them up and try and make them gray as well. Right. And people want, ha, that's why you go with the morning suits. Everybody's gray and you don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and some of these dresses are, are pretty ornate in terms of details as well. So if, if it just gets kind of fuzzy, I can see where people are like, hey, we can't see like, you know, the sequins and the detail. So a bit of an art. It is. Yeah. Uh, so and and so you're not only trying to get the color right, you're also trying to get the detail because because right. the because and dealing with the dynamic environment and the whole thing all at out. the same it's time. It's not a perfect. I mean, you can come in and do the studio shots or the, you know, the the, and sometimes I even do them the day before. Right. Let's go to the park and or maybe it's the day after. I don't know what, but but the actual wedding, you know. <laughs> And Mildred has a couple too many shots of sherry and gets a little wild. You gotta be, well, you gotta be adjusting. Well, a lot of people are pretty uncomfortable in front of cameras. I mean, they, you know, they'll they'll say, "I need these wedding shots," and which is great, but they're not professional models. They're not people who want to, you know, they're not social influencers. They're always doing the right. fish lips kind of thing. Yeah, do a pose, Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, grandpa is doesn't smile, right? Or that's right because he's nervous about his teeth. Or, exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, so it, it does See, take. So you're really as a photographer, the main thing you're really trying to do is focus on. I mean, I think the uh, the skill at being able to take the shots is table stakes, right? Right, and well, then, I, and you'd then, think, and then what you're trying to do, you don't do that. Doesn't matter how well you can edit. Well, but that's the thing, right? They're Kijiji photographers that they don't have the table. That's stakes, right. Exactly. Right. They try to fix it in, in we'll fix it in post-production. Yeah, but they, they can't. They can't. This, 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 this is a Homer Simpson's head on my father-in-law. What the hell is that? Well, I put it into chat GPT yeah, and that's what exactly. it produced. Exactly. said, make them look better. What? Yeah. So, so, so three, three things you probably shouldn't do yourself or, or, or cheap mm. out on uh, criminal lawyer. Yes. Photographer for your wedding. Yes. Uh hitman. <laughs> Don't cheap out. Cause you're gonna get what you pay for. <laughs> Doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're still well, we're still for now private, we, we still have public yeah. medicine. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. But but I think that fundamentally the Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Nick. <laughs> But I guess uh, so. The main thing I'm, uh, I guess I, I'm getting at is is a bit well for photography. It uh, there's definitely quite a range of, of of skills out there. I'm shocked sometimes at how much people are willing to pay for low skills. It's all about marketing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right. Well, it is. I mean, the skills part should be like table stakes, and it just sometimes yeah. isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, um, so this is all started with the discussion about Google reviews. Right. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to tell this woman to stuff it? No, I suspect not. I think I might might try to spin it a different way and right. basically offer some perks or whatever right. as opposed to uh, yeah. give away stuff. Well, yeah. I think follow your business coach's advice. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sorry that it didn't turn out. You get this, uh, tell you what, I'll sweeten the deal, give you this gym bag I found in the alley behind my business. Well, and I guess so, what I'm getting at is the is that with Google reviews, the way it is, is that, I mean, it's a very positive. People tend to rely on it because they rely on it. You're vulnerable to bad reviews. Bad reviews. Right. And because bad reviews of any sort are easier to come by than a good review um it's uh it's heavily weighted for performance yes. well that's the thing right people are much more likely to complain than they are to um well, be positive well and occasionally you meet people that are just plain uh for the sake of being completely inappropriate politically inappropriate um nuts like uh i met i met i met this person uh, i met this woman and she was like you're just you're sitting there going like why are you wearing that and you're going like that no, is just don't you know don't judge people book by its cover no no it was cultural appropriation so it was what a, a person of a certain are you a pirate <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be a pirate. Uh, appeared to be wearing culturally inappropriate dress. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, and then started talking, and I'm going like, oh man, yeah. There is. Please uh, don't Google review me. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, well, so she was not a client. So uh, that that. Well, uh, and you know, I've been talking about media consumed. YouTube confounds me. I mean, I love, I mean, I know how to use it, but the stuff that comes into my feed sometimes, I have no idea. Like, I can't make the link to stuff that I've watched where something just pops up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, especially in the shorts, stuff just comes up sometimes and you're like, what is going on? But there's been a whole series of these uh, uh, montages of different Karens, for lack of a better term. And you just realize there are people out there who have completely lost the thread right like there's always been people complaining for sure but i don't know what's happened where like the level of emotional upset it's like these people cannot handle the the minorest inconveniences there seems to be two types the people who are totally entitled Right. So again, it's a, you run into this on Google review, you got a problem, right? So the people who are just totally entitled, who think they can walk up to, you name it, people are doing work on a sidewalk and are like, you got to move your truck, it's sort of my house. Like, fixing the sidewalk here, what the hell's wrong with you, right? You got to move it, right? So there's those folks. And then there's the folks who completely crumble apart if like they ordered a cookie and they got a you know, they wanted vanilla and they got chocolate instead and they just lose, like they fall apart. Right. It's a scary world out there for someone who's trying to provide services because like, what do you, how do you even deal with a person like that? They're yeah, just, exactly. Like they're off the chart, man. You know, well, on that happy note, <laughs> let's move on to yeah. media. Consumed. Don't send any nasty notes to us. <laughs> If you got a Google review that's positive because you've had a nice listening that's experience, right. feel free to add a five star. If you have star. a complaint, if you have a complaint, email it uh, to us. Email Peter McKinnon. That was to say, we want to hear your complaints, but send them to us personally, uh, so um, we can address them. So, what media have you calmly. been consuming? Uh, still watching Enterprise. 
still watching Justified. Just been a busy week, so I haven't really started anything new. I've been watching um, uh, season three of Ted Lasso. So. Oh, is this now? I've heard. I think is it's it a, over. It, it, I think it's the last episode. Is on. Uh, there's two more. I have two more to go. Now, why are they ending it? I have if no it's idea. That good. I have no idea. And has it fallen apart? Because not I so I far. Heard, okay, so season three still good. Yeah, actually, season three. Okay. I, I thought that season one was excellent. Season yeah. two was a little bit wandering. Ooh. Season three, I'm not sure where it's going with certain characters, but it looks like it's going somewhere. Okay. So uh, we'll see. I did rewatch. What, it was a night I was kind of feeling overwhelmed and just stressed out. And I thought, I just need some really stupid entertainment. So I had bought Fast 9. <laughs> For reasons I don't fully understand, I have the entire collection of Fast and Furious movies, including uh, Hobbs uh, uh, and Shaw, right? It just sort of became a thing. So Fast 9 came out. I found it like for 15 bucks on Blu-ray, so I picked it up. And uh, we had watched it, I think, on one of the streaming services when, as a family. But I was just looking for mindless entertainment, and I rewatched it. And I actually kind of enjoyed it because it did exactly what I wanted to, which was just don't worry about reality. Just watch this and enjoy it for what it is. And then I found out... And this blew me away because Fast 10 is out right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Fast X. They're doing two more. At least, they said, there's going to be, they were supposed to do like a two-part opus. And I was like, I thought Fast 10 was the last one. But no, apparently they're going to do at least two more of these. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about you? Um, well, I was watching... Um... Uh, well, like Ted Lasso is, I think, about it. I haven't really been watching okay. anything else. Unusual for you. The thing with the the Fast and the Furious, because I was re recently in Portugal, so it made me think of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, was, was that um, sometimes the titles in these other, like, other countries for <laughs> movies are <laughs> really, really, really funny. Okay. Um, so there was... Um, um, they, the I same that, would happen in I Quebec this thing, with the French titles, yeah, was, yeah so the, the example I was trying to find it I'm not having much luck but uh, the, basically there was um, Batman apparently Batman in the Norwegian countries are all a little bit weird right okay so like then like the Batman it one is like the leather flyer and one is the lightning guy and like there's all these crazy names that have I thought, no bearing I whatsoever batman was just like a trade name yeah so like um so like uh the Ooh, hustle american american batman. hustle yeah in france was called american bluff okay or well. the great american swindle in spain okay well, and that makes the united sense. states cheat bureau in china <laughs> Yeah, okay, the Silver was... Linings Playbook uh, in 2012 was called yeah. Happiness Therapy in France, or You Make Me Crazy in Sweden. Of course. Uh, I, love, I Heart the Huckabees uh, was called Strange Coincidences in Spain. Wow. Multinationals Go Home in Hungary. <laughs> what the hell does that even and mean? And the Psycho Detectives in Portugal. Okay. Um um, there's a Kenyan Ivory Williams did a black exploitation spoof. Con I'm gonna get you, sucker! In 1988, I remember this is that. A, 
So in Spain, it was called Overdose of Gold. <laughs> in Italy, it was Run, Run, Then I'll Take It. <laughs> and in Germany, it was called Ghetto Busters. Okay. So, so uh, here's a couple of other ones. You've got uh, Die Hard, a very famous yes. movie. In Germany, it was called Die Slowly. <laughs> Greece, it was very hard to die. Uh, Norway was action skyscraper. <laughs> ah. And Poland That's a was great movie. the glass trap. Okay, um, well, that, I, you know, that last one's not bad. Die Hard 2. Oh, yes. Die Harder. In Spain, was called Jungle 2 Red Alert. <laughs> what? The Jungle 2 Red Alert. <laughs> Just making this shit up. Die or... Hard with a Vengeance in '95 yeah. was Die Hard Mega Hard <laughs> in Denmark. Wow. Live Free or Die Hard in 2007 was Die Hard Four, the most expensive of your life. <laughs> a Good Day to Die Hard in 2013 was yeah. Tough Nut Crack, a great die day to die in Lithuania. Of course. And anyway. It's almost like a, it sounds like a movie about the Klaons. <laughs> Today is a good day to die. Exactly. So anyway, those are those are that's hilarious. Those are pretty. F- so see it in English, folks. If uh, I guess maybe the opposite happened in movies that come out in in those countries, and then we translate their title into something dumb in English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, I saw this man on a bus. Uh, well, it's like the so there. Sometimes we, when we translate words in English, uh, we translate them and they don't make any sense. So, like uh, Sahara Desert. Oh yeah, Sahara means desert. So we're calling it the desert desert. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> yeah, in my country. It's just the Sahara. Because it's, it's the desert. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Well, anyway, that, that could happy... be a little bit geo... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like geocentric. Because yeah. you could say, well, there's lots of deserts, you know. Like oh, yeah. the Gobi Desert. The Mojave Desert. The desert Desert. The Desert Desert. That's it. <laughs> See you next week. Let's call it good for today. <laughs> That's well, it. Right. In the can for episode that have been forty-nine. Ten minutes ago. All right. <laughs> okay. See you Talk next to you later. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. bye.